people who love them. Hello and welcome. This is the thing about cars. We are recording here today, as usual, at Strongbox West. Today at the table we have Becca and Ben and another Becca. Right. So we've got the whole gang here today. Um, on our agenda, we're going to talk about um, the Equus Base. I think Becca is having a little bit of uh, agita about that and might need some therapy. Emotional inner conflict. Emotional inner conflict. Ben wants does to talk she love about her or the. Does she hate it? Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll find out. Ben wants to talk about the Atlanta British Car Fair. Uh, I might dive into some recent repairs I've done to the Mazda. They're not really repairs, but we'll talk about them in a second. And then, and then Becca's going to talk about a number of things, including more t- repairs, more repairs, and, and maybe things you should not try to do to your car. So, without that, uh, without further ado, let's just jump right in. Um, let's talk about the Equus. I'm, yeah. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Ah, uh, see, I was going to pull up the site so I could have it right in front of me, just oh, okay. in case. Okay. Well, then let's talk about Mickey's uh, mass airflow (laughs) sensor, um, because I think that's going to be an easy topic. I think think it'll be really easy. So the Mazda, which is a a 2005 Mazda 6S with the uh, V6 3.0 liter engine in it, had been sputtering for a while. And by sputtering, I mean every time I would pull up to a traffic light, the engine would not quite falter. And sometimes there would be like a sort of a half surge, half die off of power, but it would never stall. And so I got on the Mazda forums, and the Mazda forums said, uh, ground the throttle body. And so it took me a while to get around to it, but I finally did it. I just ran an 8-gauge wire between the throttle body and the negative terminal of the battery. And that helped. I think it smoothed out the sputter a little bit. It didn't eliminate it. So I wrote back to the forum, and I said, look, I did this, and it feels a little better, but it didn't eliminate the sputter. And someone said, well, check your mass airflow sensor. So I did that. I went to you know, good old Napa and picked up a bottle of MAF air cleaner, uh, sorry, sensor cleaner for like eight bucks and uh, sprayed out the sensor. It was indeed dirty. A lot of crud came out of it and put that back in. And again, it felt even smoother. But every time now the, that I'm at a, at a, a red light, it, the sputter has gone away except for when I have the air conditioning on. So still trying to iron that out. And I would like to add, in fact, what we'll do is we'll post on the Facebook page some pictures of this repair to the actual Mazda and ask around, and I mean, have you guys ever had grounding issues with your car? I've, 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 in all the cars I've ever owned, I've never heard about needing to go and correct a grounding situation in an engine before. And, what? and, and sorry to interrupt you, Ben, but, but in this case, it wasn't just attaching a wire from the, right. right? It was actually getting in there, removing the negative ground, scraping the paint off from underneath it, and then hooking the whole thing back up again. Well, that ties into something that happened to me. <clears throat> Several years ago, I had an Acura that had been in a front-end accident. The front-end was you know, rebuilt by a really good shop at great expense. And everything seemed fine until, and I didn't realize it was related at first, but mm-hmm. a, a couple of years after that, I got in a really, really bad storm one night. I've got lights, wipers, air conditioning, everything running, combating the weather outside. Mm-hmm. And the uh, systems all started to act a little wonky at that point with everything turned on. Uh, the lights got dim, the wipers got erratic, I think the radio started acting funny. Uh, so I, uh, I looked at things myself, being you know, fairly brilliant with electricity. Uh, I've almost shocked myself to death a couple times. <laughs> so you're, <laughs> but, no, you're, you're a pro, is that what you're saying? <laughs> I guess, I don't know, but I didn't find anything amiss. But I was uh-huh. going out of town soon, so I left it with a shop and said, you've got all week to play with it, see what you can find. Right. And they found nothing on their own at first. So then they called a buddy of theirs who was an electrical engineer and had him crawl through it with a multimeter for a few days. (laughs) And he found 
that the grounding to the battery was inconsistent because in that, those front end repairs, the core support, which is that big metal piece of structure that the radiator lives in in most cars, you know, the headlights are all attached to, uh, that had been replaced, and when it was replaced, it was not properly grounded to the rest of the body. Hmm. And so he, yeah, he basically, I think he scraped paint, or he may have even just put a self-tapping screw through yep. where it overlapped with the body, and everything was cured. Yep. Hmm. So basically, because of the core support not being properly grounded, I had a variably conducting or semi-conducting ground. So, Interesting. Now, yeah. is the electrical engineer still available for for electrical work on cars? Well, this would have been... Yeah, I'd uh, like someone to go through mine with a multimeter. This no would have been about 15, 17 years ago in the Dallas-Fort Worth metro, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> be hard to get him on the show, I guess. Right. Well, the reason why I ask, uh, I'll try to make it a long story short, with how the 97 Mustang became a project car. Um, it had gone in for some repairs at the Ford dealership after my wonderful neighbor struck my car. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a whole story in itself. Um, so I, I took it and I even, I was friends with the shop manager, so it blows my mind that something like this can happen. But um, I went in to pick up the car and they had tried to hide more damage on the other side of the car from me and come to find out they had struck the car with all he would call it was a piece of electrical equipment uh, took the car down to the base metal and grounded out the vehicle huh. when i got it back the speedometer had blown out uh, the diablo chip had blown out the front speakers had blown out um, all kinds of problems and he tried to tell me things like oh it, it the speedometer is just Speedometer is just stuck <laughs> in a check phase. Um, it's a 97 Jeez. Mustang. It's cabled. Uh, there is no check phase for it. Um, and long story short, it's it's basically being called a gremlin. I have gone in there with a multimeter. I've gone in there with some very expensive pieces of equipment. And you find one and you fix it and it pops up somewhere else. Oh, no. So there is this continual drain, but it seems hmm. to go all over, and I've had people crawling through there, and I'm at the point of, do I need to tear down this car, rip out anything electrical, and start over? Wow. That's a lot of work. Well, that's what I was going to suggest. I think it's time for you to take the whole thing apart and uh, reassemble it. That's uh, time <laughs> and money. That almost sounds like uh, maybe an arc welder issue where somebody may have touched something. You weren't having the car welded on, were you? Um, not that I'm aware of. They should not have been, but, <clears throat> excuse me, their repair work was so bad. Yeah. I had to take it somewhere else to be reworked. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So, who knows what they did while they were in there. Right, exactly. So, but one thing I wanted to mention to you, Mickey, mm -hmm. on that, um, with the MAF, one thing that I've heard quite a lot about, that the, you know, don't clean your MAF because it's coated. They say that about throttle bodies, too, but... Eventually, you need to clean them. So once you clean that coating off, if it was still, in fact, there, you have to make sure you continuously maintain cleaning it. Oh, yeah, sure. No, I uh, I had never seen any warning about cleaning the, the MAF. Every, everyone, yeah, I haven't either. Every, every, right, every form I've ever read, every every video I've ever watched never said anything about It could be coating. a Mustang thing. It could be. The general consensus is clean the MAF every time you clean your, or replace your air filter. Right. 
Right. Well, Ford so, had put the Torx proof, and I know some people call them different things. They are the star-shaped bit with the hole in the middle oh, yes. to try to prevent tampering, which yep. <laughs> doesn't stop anybody. You no. can get this bit at any friendly hardware store of your choice. Yeah, yeah. pretty much now. It yeah. used to be harder to get a hold of, but the they MAF... Call it a, they call it a security bit. Yes. Yeah. The MAF on, on my car mm -hmm. has that kind of bit just to get into it, so they were trying to prevent you... Plus, the Mustang has a horrible problem with carbon buildup on the throttle body. So why they would ever tell somebody don't? Yeah. But that's, Weird. yeah. Maybe I should clean the throttle body. Have you not? I have not. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I hurt. just cleaned my throttle body and airflow sensor when I did a tune-up a month or so ago. Yeah. Um, Definitely. I'm just sitting here. Filter and all the things. Right. I'm just sitting here running through my mental checklist of all the things that I could try to, to, to do to fix that last remaining bit of stutter, uh, sputter slash surge because <laughs> sometimes it does feel like a surge it's not really a die off of power it feels like the car wants to get up and go um, but the other thought as Ben Ben and I were talking in the parking lot yesterday uh, maybe it's a bad alternator uh, but that seems like such a long shot at this point I was also wondering if there was more than one ground along the way for your alternator that was popped into my head there is but I don't see it from the top half of the compartment I have to get under the car to see where it goes well but if your charging is okay then it's probably not that yeah, I think that's correct Unless it's intermittent I mean if it's something where the connection is not happening while you're moving just because of the vibration of the car because you know that slight little bit of difference yeah. during a connection <laughs> yeah well I'll continue to work on it and, and and chisel away at the problem and any any new findings I'll report right away <laughs> well, see, I've got an interesting electrical weird issue that yeah. I can't figure out either. That um, and I've cleaned. That's why I started cleaning my throttle body and airflow sensor last year. Um, but once in a while, pretty intermittent when I'm um, driving for. Sometimes when I'm driving for a while. Sometimes right when I first start up the car, my lights, the dash lights, um, any lights that are interior, exterior, all the lights kind of go dim, like a dim. Like a yeah, that sounds like alternator. You know, but it's not. It's not. I've had it checked multiple times. It's not the alternator. So it's, and um, I checked at the, there's a Honda um, place that just does Hondas and Acuras not far from me. And I popped in and asked the question there. And the guy said, oh, yeah, we see that from time to time. And these old ones, it's no big deal. So I've seen it in um, a new one. I've seen it in, in an ex-girlfriend's brand new Honda Accord. Yeah. And we would be, be driving down the street brand spanking new car yeah. and every once in a while the headlights will dim every once in a while the interior light will dim well, yeah. it could have to do with the, noise, the accessory but, drive because sometimes when something kicks on mm -hmm. like the compressor kicks on and draws more power that's what i thought I've seen that's cars not do it that. well yeah, yeah and i thought maybe it's something to do with my ac it's yeah. not sometimes yeah. the ac's on it was completely random right. yeah well, yeah it's really random okay so and yeah i'm not totally crazy you're not totally crazy you know i have a 2000 honda civic that's what i was about to say i thought it was a 2000 because then with that age your voltage regulator should be in with your alternator too and not a separate but the the alternator checked out great it's never it's shown any issues well, weird electrical issues yeah but it doesn't affect my drive so right that's good and yeah. yeah watch the battery just in case but I well I just bought a brand new battery so you know what I didn't tell you guys was that when I finished all these modifications to the engine I had grounded the throttle body I turned on the headlights and I hit the gas while the thing was in park and my headlights dimmed as soon as I hit the gas. I'm like, that should not be happening. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird. Mm. My issue is kind mm. of a non-issue. Your yeah. issue is kind of You're an issue. You're hitting the well, gas, you still make the accessory belt turn faster. And generate a little so more So there is, well, it could, yeah, generate more, but something else draw more as well. What could that possibly be? 
but mm-hmm. one of the yeah. highest drawing things on any vehicle yep. are your headlights, especially if they're halogen, the older yep. halogen. Um, I did soup up the headlights on this thing. I did not. I did not do the HID kit, but uh, but I did put in the the. the Sylvania Platinum Series or whatever it's called. One thing I've learned is that doing the HID is beneficial. And I'm going to forget what it's called you now. The doohickey. Yep. Yeah. The that, ballast. Thank you. Right. That it's actually helping to reduce the draw right. off your engine to the, to the headlights. Write that down to tell me yeah. later. Because I need being... to get new headlights eventually. Mine are really like dim. Blech. The and exception being when they first come on, okay. because when they, when they first come on, they draw quite a bit. But then once they're up to temperature, which only takes a second, then they're drawing way less than a standard bulb does. Um, one thing I did want to mention, though, I have had an alternator test good, and it still ended up being bad down the road. Mm-hmm. Just like multiple times I've had a transmission chest fine and two miles down the road clunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew a guy who went to the hospital, and he tested fine, and then as he was walking out the door, he had a stroke. Yes, I've, I've heard very <laughs> similar similar situations. Same thing, but different. Yeah. 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 So, but to run a a car with either a bad alternator or a bad battery kills the other. Yes. It's oh, a yes. horrible, vicious cycle yeah. that you're Well, my battery one. has been on the way out for a while, oh. so I just finally got a new battery last week, and the car was finally it was having trouble starting up in the mornings, and it was like. Mm. Yeah, now, I guess it's time to suck went, it up. You went through some some steps to find a good cheap battery. Yeah, yeah. So um, broke Ola over here. Um, so I'm like, I wonder if I can get you know a used battery at um, at Salvage. Mm-hmm. It's still going to test out decent. It's been reworked. I don't know why. I did a little research on that. So that was maybe an idea. Um, and I had called one of the salvage guys in Norcross. Um, nobody answered the phone, but later I get a text message from the same number. And the guy says, oh, are you looking to sell some parts or do you need parts? And I said, I'm looking for a battery. And the guy said, oh, I don't have any, but um, get in touch with DECA batteries in Norcross. So it's the weekend, so I look it up. They're closed. Um, so come Monday, um, I didn't have to jump my car through the weekend, but it was it was iffy. She mm-hmm. didn't really want to start a couple times. <laughs> so I look up this place called DECA, D-E-K-A Batteries, uh, in Norcross, Georgia. Called them up, and they said, yeah, we've got warehouse prices. We can get you a new battery for, like, 60 bucks. But we also have some batteries that they bought out. It's a warehouse um, place, so they, they sell wholesale. Oh. And so they also had bought out, I forget what other battery company, but they had some with... Uh, from this old battery company that they're still brand new, perfectly fine batteries, but because they had bought out a different company, they didn't have the right name, whatever, on it. So I got it for really cheap, 45 bucks um, out the door with wow. tax, everything. That's brand new battery. The only difference was they said we're only doing a two-month warranty for these ones that we had bought out from the other people, but you're also getting it for 45 bucks. So There is that. It yes. was a win. Um, so I got a brand new battery. Thank you to Deca Batteries out in Norcross, Georgia. If you need a battery, please like check that out. If you're broke like me and you don't need any fancy $150 battery, yeah, that's a really good find because every time I've so. needed a battery, I've just I've I've done the stereotypical thing. I would go to Consumer Reports. Mm-hmm. I would look up what their favorite batteries were at the time, and that's what I would get because I simply wanted to put something in the car and not have to think about it. Again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that 45 bucks a pop, that just makes way too much sense. Yeah, and even at the warehouse price, 60 bucks was still like a crazy good price yeah. for a battery, and, oh, yeah. um, and they've got great reviews. So I just yeah. helped a friend put a battery in her Honda Odyssey, 2001 Honda Odyssey, $148 later for the, oh, for the, oh, for the baseline battery from one of the bigger auto parts chains that are yeah. around town. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. like on the Pontiac, my G8. It takes this crazy weird battery that's apparently hard to find or something. It, it goes in the trunk, back behind the trunk molding in this little compartment. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, it's been quite expensive. Sure. My battery is one of those tall, skinny batteries. So it wasn't yeah. like you could just grab any old battery off the shelf. Right. right. Tall, skinny. And, yeah. Ben, what's the danger of putting the wrong battery in the in the in the car? Well, there's not a huge amount. Um, it does need to be the right capacity for your car's electrical system. Right, the right capacity is what I looked up, and you could get a battery the different like dimensions if uh, if you if it fits in your space. But I simply didn't have space where from, my battery goes. Yeah. Right, if you could rope it in. Well, it's the cold cranking amps. Right. That's a big deal that people need to look into the specifications. What are your cold cranking amps right. on your car, and mm -hmm. does the battery provide that? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the physical fit is important, too. If it's not, if it doesn't fit right physically, it right. may vibrate. It may come loose. Something bad like that could happen. If it's a wet cell battery, that could be very bad. Mm -hmm. If it cracks open and the acid comes out, right. you've mm -hmm. got big problems. Yes. Uh, well, bigger in some cars than others. Right. There was a, I think this was one of the issues with the Fieros. I think they had a fuel line that was underneath where the battery mounted. Yep. And acid leaks were oh. the root cause of some of those fires. Yeesh. Yeah. yeah. No thanks. There's a moving belt within six to eight inches of my battery in the Mazda. Just, that'll be okay as long as the belt doesn't have a really nasty kind of failure. <laughs> right, exactly. And I saw a Dodge Stratus once, early 2000s car. A friend of mine had this car, and he, well, belonged to a friend of his. He was helping him put a battery in it. He didn't know where the battery was. It's not up in the corner or under the bonnet where you usually find it. Bonnet. It wasn't, you know, in back. Uh, and so he, there was no manual in the glove box. So he calls me and said, help me find the battery in this car. So I show up. I say, well, it's the first thing I thought of was my old VW Beetle, which had it under the rear seat. Right. Well, I know it's not under that in this car because it's a front-wheel drive car. The fuel tank's under the rear seat in almost every front-wheel drive car out there. And there's no convenient way to pop the seat up. Right. So, okay, it's not there. Looking around more and more and more, we're poking our heads high and low in every place we can find, and we're not coming up with anything yet. Well, it had to be parked uphill, pointing uphill in his driveway, gentle slope. Um, the, the wheels were turned slightly to the right, and I had to be standing on the left side, and so dun, 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 kind of, I just had to kind of look inside the, uh, the the left front wheel well there, and I see a funny-looking fastener. And I see little, uh, like a plastic door with some like little vent lovers on it, and these two fasteners, I go, well, I wonder if it's in there. Wait, where was it? Uh, well, in the left front wheel well. Driver's front wheel well, yeah. So I, I walk up and I grab those little fasteners. They're huh. designed to be turned by hand. I give them about half a turn. The little door comes off and there's a battery inside there. So it was, it was in the, right, it was in the left front corner of the car in front of the wheel well behind the bumper, basically, and down low. So did you have to take the wheel out to get to it? No, I just had to have them turn it all the way to the right. Okay. That's and then, good, and we could get it in, in and out. Yeah. Well, anyway. So we're we're I, I'm I'm going to continue to ask the Mazda world about my battery issues and I don't know maybe there's a loose connection in there somewhere. Um, I'm going to stop worrying about my Honda. Exactly. Lights issue thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it's one yeah. of those things. Why do you have spark plugs on the table? Oh, um, so I was at uh, 
my favorite big box store, not my favorite, not going to name it, um, <laughs> because it's just conveniently where I fill my prescriptions. But Wait, you get your prescriptions at an auto parts store? No, no. <laughs> big, box, big box store. Oh, uh, okay. Um, starts with a W, maybe? Uh, um, yes. <laughs> so anyway, I, I happen to be there, and while I wait for my prescription to get filled, um, I'm moseying around and uh, popped in the clearance section mm -hmm. where previously, while waiting for a prescription a few months ago, I had found um, Bosch high mileage oil filters for mm -hmm. clearance for really cheap. So I looked up which ones yeah. for my car, got it. Um, in case you want to go look in the clearance aisle, too, for some Bosch spark plugs or Bosch high mileage uh, right. oil filters. But uh, they had some platinum and iridium fusion uh, yep. um, spark plugs. And so I, f I bought the two sets that went for my car, but they're two different uh, types. So I've got two of one kind that are platinum and two that oh. are iridium fusion platinum. And so, uh, so I'm going to try to find a full set of four instead of just two similar but different. You don't want to mismatch plugs in your car? Right. That's, yeah. Well, that's what I've heard. That it's better. You can do it, yeah, but it's better not yeah. to. And I don't need to do them right now. I just thought, hey, it's a good price, so I'm just right. going to grab they've, these. Well, they've probably so. got not the same resistance, and so they may propagate your combustion yeah, differently. So. You might get various side effects. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why there are spark plugs sitting here on the table. But I don't need them right away. I did a spark plug change last year sometime. Yeah. So um, I'm not looking forward to having to do mine uh, with that V6 engine that they crammed into that Mazda. You know, it's it, this was the Ford era for Mazda, hmm. and so they took the V6 engine and they stuck it in there. And it's like everything else gets added to the engine as an afterthought. Huh. But, but to get to the back three plugs, you have to take off the exhaust, exhaust manifold and a couple other things just to get to the plugs. And I'm like, man, do I really want to go through all that by myself, or am I just right. going to save up a little money and ask someone to do it? Can you encourage um, me to take apart my Mustang? I think if I can do that, you can uh, do those three spark plugs. Yeah, but <laughs> I could probably do those three spark plugs. Yeah, you can probably do them. But you have something that I don't have. Um, what? <laughs> What's that? I think you're better with, uh, with engines than I am. Uh, um... <laughs> See that would that would have the Mazda engine in it though if it's turned to the side. Um, no, that's a Ford engine in mine. To the side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had watched uh, our friend Max working on a Ford Escape. It needed an alternator, and he had to take off one of the wheels, drop the suspension. I mean, he's oh, wow. taking apart the whole thing just to get to the alternator. Wow. And it blew my mind. For the record, Max is who basically taught me to work on cars. Yeah. Max is Becca's you, and my mutual friend. Mm -hmm. I know you've so. mentioned him in the past. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure one I, of the, I may One have. of the shows, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so. in, in my case in this so thank car. thank you, Max, if you're I, listening. <laughs> way to go, Max. Is Max local? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's up in Alpharetta. Okay. So. Roswell. Yeah. Something like that. Close enough. Uh, I Sorry, have I'm from Roswell. I'm picky. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to. Uh, I may have to remove the the EGR valve in addition to a bunch of other things. It just gets that EGR also looks like What's it's EGR. I don't know what exhaust gas recirculation. Okay. It's part of the emission system. It's just trying to take unburnt gas and put it back in to be combusted. Burn, yeah, burn as much oh, yes. as possible. The problem right. is they get really, really hot, so that the pipe leading in, you know, in back into the engine can get. I want to use the word corroded, but that's not right. It's um, melting or something. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it gets superheated, right? Yeah. And 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 now I'm looking at it, and I'm almost afraid to touch it. I'm, I'm thinking either I'm going to pull it out of there and it's going to crack, or it's fused, and I'm going to have to drill something out in order to get it to move. 
Um, it just doesn't look very pretty. I'll take pictures of it and post them online if I can remember it. Yeah. It's um, it's a common part yeah. to, to go bad on certain cars, yep. especially higher mileage. Um, I've worked on a few on various cars. Most of the problem is generally location. I worked <laughs> on a Mercury Grand Marquis where it was back behind the engine along yep. the firewall, yep. and I'm not pulling anything out for an EGR. Yeah. Um, but I've never had one crumble, crack, okay. burn, anything like that. It's never been a problem except for sometimes the location. But after that, yep. it's an easy change. Yep. So I want to hear about um, this Equus Bass that we mentioned yes. at the beginning of the show, and now we're about <laughs> to wrap up. So let's uh, let's hear it, Becca. Tell us about the Equus. Um, I don't know a ton about I've seen company. it on the road here and there. I've driven. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've seen that logo. I totally recognize that. I've seen that on it. Just a handful of cars, not very many at all. But I've seen it. Well, I mean, there's there's one point of confusion, right? Because there's the Hyundai Equus, mm -hmm. and then there's well, no, that. this is this doesn't have Hyundai anymore. No, this right. just this has is Equus Automotive. Okay, mm -hmm. and and they're beautiful. They're I really pretty. Don't know a ton about this car. I don't either. I'm glad you've seen one. I I've never seen an Equus. On the road anywhere and honestly it looks like they're in Tennessee I really would like to drive up to Tennessee just to, to look at these things um, and I, I was telling the group that I'm a little emotionally distraught over this seriously if you look up the car it's Equus EQUUS hyphen automotive.com mm -hmm. um, this is a brand new car but to me looking at the pictures it looks 80% classic Mustang 20% maybe classic Camaro, maybe a little bit of other. You can definitely see strong influences in this car. Um, and I hadn't gotten to all the detailed information yet. We, um, you know, we just start talking. We start chatting. <laughs> um, I, I want to say it's powered by um, Chevy or, or an LS, something like that, which, yes, I have an LS, but it still makes me torn when the, the car so, so much favors a classic Mustang, but I'm torn. It's this brand new powertrain, modern technology, modern convenience, brand new engine, no wear or tear on it yet, um, mm -hmm. comfortable interior, everything that, that modern cars give us, but it's got this just awesome classic styling to it. <laughs> and it's, I, I find it hard to, to express it. It's just, it's gorgeous. So, it is absolutely yeah. gorgeous. What it's needs to happen, what needs to happen to get you past this, this tumultuous emotional state? Um, Touching well, it, seeing it, feeling it, driving it. That's a Winning good the lottery, that's a knowing answer. I could have it. In. Where that's how I feel about Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the three yet, by the way? I know, it's a whole wait, other wait, wait, topic. Wait, 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 I don't wait, need wait. to go there. Let's I know, not go there. I know. Uh, wait, where, where is the Equus Planet? Sure. Yeah. Um, I believe it's in Tennessee. Where in Tennessee? Tennessee's Let's a big see. place. Here's our little link. Born in the USA. Yeah. I know I've seen a couple around Atlanta. I've seen more than one. I know that for That's a fact. That's impressive. I, so. I haven't seen one in so person. I don't know if someone is... So what I'm, what I'm getting at, Becca, is the idea that if they're close enough, like if it's a day trip, what if we could write to them and say, look, we're doing this thing. Please help our friend get some peace. <laughs> and let her come sit in the driver's seat for a minute and yes. smell mm -hmm. the leather. And Ooh, now this, with you. this yeah. one is actually telling two me. Beccas. That's right. This one is actually telling me it's in Michigan. Where did I get Tennessee from? Because oh, you want it to be close. And what sucks <laughs> is I was in Michigan a month ago. Mm. This is saying Rochester Hills, Michigan. Hmm. Uh -huh. Well, um, 
Mm. We're gonna do some research and we'll get back to you guys in the, yeah. in the upcoming show. Yeah. Definitely, yes. but I was trying to find someone to hook me up with a Tesla. Um, I live near near ride. the dealership. Let's go there. Yeah. Let's do it. It's a Becca I, date. I you think, wanna, you I wanna go? We should Becca, do it. Becca date. Yeah. Sounds yes. good. We'll confuse the heck out of that. Yes. Do some test drives. I yes. can hand you my little handheld recorder and you can actually record the test drive. Okay. That would um, be good because I was looking yeah. at just recording on my iPhone yeah. and uh, I didn't know how well that would. Oh, it actually would work just as well. It would? Okay. Yeah. It would, yeah. You, you could, yeah. We'll talk about that offline, but. Uh, is that all we have time for today? I think that's all we have time for right oh, now. Man. So, we may have but a little more if we edit out some of We've got more to talk about later. Yeah. yeah. We'll edit it out about a couple minutes worth of Well, thanks for listening, guys. And, um, and I guess that's, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, this has been The Thing About Cars. We uh, always appreciate our listeners. You can find us at thethingaboutcars.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching The Thing About Cars. Um, we are hoping to get better recording equipment, so if you feel like uh, – Throwing us all your money, please. Throwing us all your money, or at least a little bit of it. You can find our, our tip jar, which we will also link for you on our Facebook page. Uh, and every little bit helps. We'll uh, go towards new microphones for us. Uh, what am I forgetting, you guys? Thanks to Strong Bucks West. Yes, yeah. thanks to Strong Bucks West. Thanks to Strong Bucks West for being our gracious host for recording. And uh, you guys be safe out there. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been The Thing About Cars. We'll see you on the road. Bye.